Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT. We have Eddie Pascal, yes, as always. And Lincoln Kennedy will join us coming up here. We'll recap the loss in L.A. to the Chargers and preview Monday night football against the Green Bay Packers. A lot going on. Very yep. disappointing loss in L.A. because I'm not saying the Raiders had the opportunity to win the game, but they had the opportunity to tie the game late with the ball down the stretch at the end. I thought there were a lot of mental mistakes, problems in the game. The launch of Aiden O'Connell, Khalil Mack had a big game. It was right there again, Eddie. The Raiders just couldn't execute down the stretch when they needed. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, right, no moral victories in the NFL. Nope. doesn't matter if you lose by 7, you lose by 35. It's still an L in mm. the score sheet. And I think for me, JT, when we go back and we look at this game, you hit the nail on the head, a game of missed opportunities. And as we sit here on or excuse me, October 3rd, it feels like the Raiders right now aren't built to dig themselves a hole and then come out of that hole. Right? So when ultimately you start the game, you're not able to find any cohesion on either side of the ball. You look at that first drive for the Chargers, right? really kind of set the tone for what was going to happen that first 30 minutes. You know, Hard to come out with a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start. Hard to ask him to be down 17 at the half and say, hey, bring us back, young fella. So ultimately the comeback comes just a little bit short for the silver and black in L.A. As we look at some of the highlights of the game, on one of the first series there, a bunch of missed tackles. Yeah. And that's a very important point because in this league it's very difficult to practice tackling. They don't have the opportunity to tackle during the week. And the missed tackling here early on was concerning to me. And the Raiders were trying to stay there in the, at this point in the game. And Max Crosby with a great play. And then you see a flag. And you're like, Where, where's the flag here? And you look at a player lining up in the neutral zone after Max had a signature moment in this game that would have changed the tide and put points on the board for the Raiders. The Chargers end up extending that drive, and as we see here for our viewers, Justin Herbert runs in for the first touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately for the Raiders, right, we talk about some of these like inexcusable penalties, mm -hmm. the, the mental mistake penalties, not the, hey, I'm a competitor right. type penalties, and there were just too many on Sunday, and we talk about digging yourselves that hole. Well, that helps that in, a, in, a, in a bad way, right? That, that kind of encur not encourages, but that's a result uh, of kind of digging that hole, yeah. is having these mental mistakes, not being able to kind of dig yourself out. You talk about Max Crosby getting, should have had three sacks on the day. Yeah. We should be talking about Max in the conversation for AFC Player of the Week, uh, Defensive Player of the Week, but alas, we're not. And so, you know, we talk about having to clean these things up. And now as we sit here a quarter of the way through the seasons, the Raiders have to do it. I, I think the time to kind of be uh, experiment and figure things out is kind of gone. You have to figure it out starting this Monday night. Yeah, we see Josh Jacobs here on a touchdown we thought he had, and then Aiden O'Connell ends up sneaking it in for his first touchdown yep. of his career. Big moment for him. So at this point in the game, we're saying, hey, it's 7-7. It looks like the Chargers got a couple of breaks on some Raider mistakes. The Raiders answer, and it's 7-7 in Los Angeles, and you're saying to yourself, let's do some three and outs and get off the field, but then Keenan Allen gets going, and the Raiders, again, we're going backwards more. I think we'll get to it in the second half. The defense did a masterful job yes. in the second half on adjustments here, but in a league like this, you just have to make plays, and again, we saw a missed opportunity by Marcus Peters with an interception potential right there. Trayvon Merrick dropped an interception in the back of the end zone, and you just can't give Herbert all that time, and Max gets him on the ground here. Yeah, I think one thing, too, Jason, when you go back and you look at the game, especially the rookie quarterback, and I know we keep coming back to this rookie quarterback, making his first NFL start, but that's reality, right? That is the reality for what the Raiders were doing on Sunday. That's where they existed. 
too many second and longs, too many third and long. We talk about you know making it manageable mm-hmm. for number four, saying hey, don't we don't want to you know have you come back from 17 points down. But you also got to put him in a position to succeed. You got to stay in front of the chains. You got to stay in front of that down and distance. Uh, and there were moments where the Raiders were able to do that, but it, you know we sound like a broken record. We they just weren't able to do it consistently for a full 60. Well, the Chargers got a field goal early because Trayvon Merrick dropped the interception that hit him in the hand. Now he had a cast on the thumb which is interesting there, and he played through it, and he got the first turnover, which is coming up here. But that's three points. Eddie, you nailed it in the beginning with the mental mistakes and what's happening with some of the physical mistakes. And here's where Devontae goes down, and thank God oh, man. Devontae's shoulder I, is fine. And I don't know. How did again. you feel? He goes down. We see him stay down, ultimately gets up. But I feel like we all collectively felt the Raider Nation just tense up and say, oh, come on, not today. Because you got a rookie quarterback out there. You need to have the best wide receiver in the NFL at his disposal. Yeah, I'm not a big-time guy at spinning a loss, and either are you. But the big part of this game, the number one thing was Devontae came back. Yeah, 100%. If Devontae doesn't come back from Monday night football, Oof. and he's not here to play his former team with the Packers. But as we take a look at some of the video here for our listeners and our viewers, we're watching Aiden O'Connell get sacked and the ball come out. And that's the issue with this now, ball protection. But I'm not going to criticize him in his first ever game. Look here, Max had Justin Herbert dead to rights on a sack. He runs out of bounds, and then Tillery yeah. hits him out of bounds there, which I know a lot of Raider fans want to get after the quarterback, and I do. I want to get after the quarterback inbounds. But that was a mental mistake. You can't do that. It fired up the Chargers, who were up 10-7 at the time, extended the drive here, and then on third and three, how is Keenan Allen wide open? I don't know how. I don't know how that player coming off 18 receptions isn't double-teamed, slammed at the line of scrimmage with the safety two feet behind him, not 10. He sneaks through there, and then we come back with another strip sack, and this is where the game, Eddie, at 17-7 was getting out of control, and the Raiders had to settle down. Yeah, wheels kind of fallen off a little bit there, JT, but I'm glad you brought up the, the, the Tillery hit, and, and to me, that's one that we talk about the mental mistakes. I just don't I just don't understand that one, and I think you look at, when you look at the replay of it, Max Crosby's reaction says it all. Max is immediately, you know, visible frustration, yeah. kind of shaking his head, like, what are we doing? Her- it's hard to get Herbert down on the ground in general, but giving this offense an additional 15 yards, and not only that, but really kind of galvanizing that whole Chargers team. You saw the the surge of those blue jerseys come over yeah. and, and address Tillery. In a, in a tough division game, you don't need to give the opponent any extra juice, and that's unfortunately what happened. We're looking at a third and 18 where he checked down to Josh Jacobs, and Josh got the first down. And this is 24-7. to The game's getting out of hand. Devontae catches a slant over the middle, and all of a sudden, I remember vividly, I was here in this room looking up going, all right, let's look at the math here. If they get a touchdown or Carlson comes in, they get the field goal. It's 24-10. to The term is, are the Chargers going to charge yep. it? Well, they did. And then the second half of this game, as we're watching here, the Raider defense did a really nice job. That's Trayvon Merrick with the first turnover of the year. This came at a great time, and that's what he needs to do. He needs to read the quarterback's eyes, get to a spot, and make sure he doesn't drop the ball. Yeah, go play center field, kid. Go do your thing. It's what you did at uh, at TCU, and that's what you're going to hopefully do here. But I think that, one, we're looking at positives, right? And you said it's hard to spin a loss, and that's 100% true. But I think it is fair to acknowledge things that did go well over the course of 60 minutes. And the adjustments that this defense made after the uh, after the uh, second half really positive so if you want something to feel good about going into Monday night it's the fact that this defense was able to do their thing this is this bogus cracked back penalty one of the worst yeah. calls of the year not for, on the Raiders in the NFL everybody knew about that and that really hurt the Raiders at times because here's again another sack 
against Aiden O'Connell. Khalil Mack could not be blocked in that game. I know Coach McDaniels tried to with chipping him and blocking him, but that's on the offensive line that just has to do a better job there. But here come the Raiders, down 24-10, fourth quarter, under seven minutes to go. And this was the moment for Aiden O'Connell. This was the drive. Look at that out route to Devontae. That throw Jimmy makes... Aiden makes, and you got to be able to do that. And then he throws here at the goal line. I thought that was a touchdown here on second and goal, right there at the goal line. Nice play. Didn't get in. And the Raiders here knocking on the door again. And watch this play. Josh goes in standing up. Goes in standing up. And we got an opportunity to run that same play to Josh later in the game. They choose not to do it. But this is when Josh, I thought, Eddie, was getting his legs underneath him, getting his legs going and activating his legs, which took him a A long time to do this, a couple of weeks. And I don't want to be apologist, Eddie. I never want to be that. But I think that you look at the reality of Josh Jacobs' situation, it was going to take him a minute to get going. You and I have talked about this a bunch. You, you can come in and be in incredible shape, which Josh Jacobs, the day that he touched down in Oakland, this kid has been dedicated to his sure. craft, dedicated to his body, dedicated to doing things the right way. You can't replicate an NFL training camp. There's just simply no way. So it took him a while to get going, but I think we're seeing the fruits of his labor coming now. And here we go again. We get to the point here where it looked like Herbert was sacked or tackled behind the line of scrimmage, and they go for it on fourth and one with 332 to go. Brandon Staley does it again, and the Raiders were tremendous. That's how you try to guard that play when you stuff the box with the linebackers there. Raiders get the ball back, fourth and ten. Devontae makes an unbelievable catch. So there there he is right about the three-and-a-half, four-yard line, Eddie. Devontae on fourth and ten. That's a risky throw. That's a high ball throw, and that's what Devontae does. He makes that catch, so keep going to him. Now you have an opportunity on first and goal. They sprint out right, and Jacoby's not looking. That was just a bad throw, and the game is over pretty much after that, even though there was some time left on the clock for the Raiders to get the ball back. You know, I do wonder, too, we just kind of look at the replay. I wonder if Aiden lets that play materialize a little bit more if he has Devontae in the back corner of the end. He does. Right? And and so, again, we talk about him being a rookie, this being his first NFL start. If you give him a little more time on task, if there's a little more opportunity for him to grow and learn, maybe he holds on to that for another one and a half seconds, whatever it is. Well, I thought Palmer pushed off on the last play. Justin Herbert deserves it. He did not play play well in the game. He was injured at the end. His left hand was completely banged up and I think if the Raiders got to overtime remember everybody we're looking at the final stats the Chargers had 150 passing yards if you would have told me before the game Eddie they're going to throw for 150 and be 5 of 14 on third down I think the Raiders win by double digits but the Raiders were 1 of 11 on third down they had 80 yards and penalties on nine penalties a couple of big mental mistakes here and they lose a game that when the schedule came out, I thought the Raiders would go 2-2. Two and two. This was a game that I wasn't super confident that they'd win. It's a road game. This game in Buffalo, I thought they'd beat Pittsburgh and Denver. Now instead of sitting at 2-2, two and two, they're sitting at 1-3. and three. But the schedule opens up nicely for the Raiders now. If you believe that the Raiders can put together a couple of good games, now is the time to believe it. That's, that's what I'm preaching. I might not be right, but after that performance with – All those penalty yards, mental mistakes, Khalil Mack dominating, and that throw by Aiden at the end of the game, 
They can't play like that anymore. And if they go into Green Bay and they play a manageable, good game, not an average game, I think they can win that. I think they can beat New England. I think they can beat Chicago. But now their back's against the wall. Yeah, and I think you you hit the nail on the head, right? The the time to kind of figure it out, the time to kind of give, you know, time for experimentation, it's over, right? And we talk about it all the time. The NFL regular season is so short. We're a quarter of the way through the race already. We are. And, And I don't think there's any reason to overreact. I mean, we see it year after year after year. Teams that figure it out in mid October, early. November. Get hot at the right time. And I'm not here to prognosticate about what's going to happen for the next 12, 13 weeks, but you know, you look at the schedule, as you said, looking at it just on paper, which is the dangerous thing to do, I will admit that. But when you look at it just on paper, things seem to be falling the way for the silver and black, but they're going to have to take advantage of the opportunities, and they're going to have to play a better brand of football than we've seen these last couple of They have to play better football, and Lincoln Kennedy is going to join us next. We'll talk about the penalties, what needs to happen next. You hear that term, clean it up. Well, Lincoln's going to tell us how the Raiders clean it up and get ready for Monday night football against the Green Bay Packers as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. So some things to work on as the Raiders lose 24-17. to 17. One of them is tackling. Another is penalties and being more disciplined. But we have to be fair. I want to take a look at some of those Jacoby Myers Let's penalties. Let's take a look. He had two crucial penalties called against him. Where okay. When you take another look, here he gets called for pass interference. This is crazy, man. Offensive pass interference this, on that. This is absolutely ridiculous. You do not see this called when it's tripled coverage on somebody. And number 30 is already pushing him into the ball. Yes. And he using his hands to gauge where the ball is going. But this one? Yeah, this is yeah. this is ridiculous. I have been this. in this situation a thousand times too where you gotta come crack the safety. They are both looking at each other. I have never in, in my back. life seen this play called. They near both sh- are looking, looking at, at each other. other. It's near shoulder to near shoulder. This is a 15 like, yard. This is ridiculous. That's man. perfect blocking technique. You want your shoulder to hit his near shoulder. Just unbelievable. And here's the penalty that wasn't oh. called against the Chargers. Same exact thing they where called Where Joshua Palmer for. pushes off on the defensive back and is not called, and that ends the game. Look at it right now. Right there. That, and that's the He same. creates separation. That creates separation. That's the same exact play that Jacoby just oh, did right nice. here with that little push off. If you're gonna let that go, that's bad. You, if you're gonna let this go, you gotta let that go. But that 15-yard penalty in the red zone, I've never seen that called. Yeah. Never. That that is two people looking at each, each other, other saying, I see the block, block boom. Yeah. I don't that what are you supposed to that do? That is not a crackback block. A crackback <laughs> is you running this way and you don't see, see nobody coming. Exactly. Like th- that that's crazy. Yeah. That's that's frustrating. That's bad. That's football. crazy. That is the crew from Raiders game day, and they were heated there. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. We bring in the great Lincoln Kennedy, and Lincoln with a home team podcast. We want the team to win. We're looking ahead, but I'll start. You called the game with Jason Horowitz. The penalties are mounting for the Raiders. All of them aren't fair. Some went against them. How'd you see it as you were calling the game? Well, you know, I agreed with the point the the guys were making. The um, the offensive pass interference, I thought, I, I I understood why they called it because they I've often talked to a number of refs and they said if the receiver's arm is ever fully extended to where his elbow is locked out, they're going to call a penalty. They're going to say that's pass interference. So I get that. Now they didn't call it on on Palmer and Palmer got away with the push off. Bennett had his arm locked up in um, a, sort of a little bit of a, 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 a arm forearm grapple, um, and that's one of the reasons why Palmer pushed off. And it could have been called there, but it wasn't. But look, guys, you know, 
the most egregious obviously was the crackback block. I didn't agree with that one most definitely because of what the points JJ was making, the fact that they're both looking at each other. So it's not a surprise, but look, this should not be a surprise. We're the Raiders. Mm-hmm. We've always been penalized. Well, why, why do you think it's going to be different? The, the, the thing is, is that when you look back at this charger game, guys, the difference becomes in the egregious penalties that either kept drives going, mm-hmm. extended drives, or put the Chargers in positions where they could either score or, in, in this game with Palmer, you know, finishing up the the game uh, with with a, getting a first down. So we shouldn't be we shouldn't be surprised at this. You know, the things that we could take back from the other game, and you guys already spoke on it. The Tillery mistake was huge. Um, you know, not only getting ejected, making his one left defensive tackle or defensive lineman we have in the rotation, but more importantly, giving them automatic first down as they march into the end zone. So that was huge. The defense did play it better, but in my estimation, guys, from what it comes down to is that, one, Aiden O'Connell's clock needs to speed up a lot more than he does. Khalil Mack didn't do anything magnificent in getting those that 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 that, that career day for him, but the fact that O'Connell hold on, held on to the ball far longer than he needs to tell, lets me know that going forward, the adjustments are going to be you have to create routes or create situations where their guys are getting open sooner and 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 more frequently creating separation because there was a lot of times in this games they just didn't have that guys. You know, Link, you look at Aiden's day and, and JT and I were talking about this. I you know, I think if you're a fan of this team and you're looking for something positive to feel okay about coming out of this game, is the adjustments. We talked about him from the first half to the second half for Aiden. Now certainly he's gotta get better and we've all discussed it, kind of that internal clock and going tick tick tick, we gotta get rid of the football. But is is a lot of that link just not having time on task for him at this point in his career? First NFL start on the road. Like I imagine there's gotta be just so much going on in this young guy's head. I think he got spoiled by the by the preseason, the success he had in preseason. Let's face it, guys. The guys, the teams that he was playing against were incredibly vanilla, and he wasn't really, you know, he didn't. They didn't really put the best foot forward. The teams that he played, in my opinion, in, in order to game plan against O'Connell. But more importantly, this is the first time he had a chance to play with that starting offensive line. This is why I think you know guys like in, things in preseason are essential, and more importantly, the adjustments that come throughout the season are essential. Look. I'm not here to call anybody out, but I'm going to call it like the way I see it. Mm-hmm. 72 needs help at times. Illuminor needs help at times in pass pro. And so you either have to have a tight end or make sure you chip and make sure the chip is staying with them a little bit longer. Because even though I think the 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 interior three need to be working a lot better with James Van Ruten and, 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 and Parnum, they have to work a lot better in, in tandem. Collectively, this offensive line has got to get progressively better because you already know you have a somewhat fragile quarterback in your backfield. Well, You've got to keep him healthy. Yeah, we nailed it, Lincoln. We talked about it the last couple of weeks. The Buffalo Bills front dominated the Raiders. Pittsburgh, I wouldn't say dominated. T.J. Watt didn't have a game like Khalil Mack. And then Khalil Mack, who's going to the Hall of Fame, that's a lock, had his Hall of Fame game. He had yeah. his Hall of Fame game. There's been Chargers who have had their Hall of Fame games against the Raiders. Junior Seau, Ladanian yep. Tomlinson. I was yep. hoping it wasn't Khalil, and Khalil right. had that. And you mentioned Illuminor, and we've talked about Munford, and we talked about leaving in a tight end to chip or block, and then a back. Well, you're taking someone out of the rotation of running routes, right. and they're going right. to double-team Devontae to begin with. they got to figure this out at the point of attack. You've been unbelievable talking about the interior, the three in the interior. 
The tackles, it's Colton Miller who got beat on one of them. I'm okay with that. He's a Pro Bowl type player. Right. But you're right at right tackle. If you don't want to go out and get a right tackle who's a former Pro Bowler or a veteran, you're going to have to live with what you had. And they didn't live good. That wasn't good living in Los Angeles against the Chargers for this offensive line. You know, here's what I take for granted. You know, O'Connell took some hits. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo could have finished the game if some of the hits he took. You know what I mean? And, and coming in already, you know, being a little bit beat up. The thing is, coming into this season, I knew the Raiders have a chance with their star power. Mm-hmm. But what, in my opinion, what they need to avail, what they need to do is they need to they need to demonstrate that they can make adjustments with their other receivers, not rely so heavily on number seventeen. You've got number thirteen. You've got number sixteen. You've got eighty-one. You've got other players that you have to get involved in this offense. And even if you're going to chip, you understand this that when you chip and have a running back in the backfield, you rec- you've been rec- re- relying a lot on Jacoby, uh, on on Josh Jacobs uh, and those checkdowns. And I'm going to m- remind you guys of a couple weeks ago how Milano, the linebacker for Buffalo, was sitting on top of Jacobs on, on top of Jacobs' shoulders. And when uh, Jimmy G tried to come to that checkdown that he relied so heavily on, it ended up being a turnover. And so there are going to be teams that are going to key on that. For they're going to take away your playmakers. You got to have other things that you can do and that you can do well. You know, Link, we look at this offensive line as a whole, and the Raiders surrender seven sacks, and that's simply you're not playing winning football, uh, surrendering seven sacks, and certainly a, a no shortage of blame to go around. But but from your kind of perspective, Lincoln, when this team, or when the offensive line comes in for meetings, when they kind of reassess, reset the mechanism going into this week, what do you need to see from that collective five to say, hey, we're going to be better than this. This is not who we are. This is not the best version of the Raiders offensive line. What do you want to see from them Monday night uh, back at Allegiant Stadium? An attitude. A serious attitude, a no BS type of attitude, the type of attitude that you walk on the field and when you put on your helmet, you look across the field at the opposing defenders and you know what? When the guy lines up over you, Eddie, you're going to look at him and you're like, you're not getting anything today. Even if you say it out loud or whether you say it to yourself, you look at him straight in the eye and say, you're not getting anything today. Today, the, today belongs to me. It's an attitude. Mm-hmm. You saw it somewhat in the running game, in the Chargers game, where they were able to open up some holes. Well, they made the adjustments. They sent in a receiver to dig out their safety. You saw that's how Jacoby Myers got the uh, the penalty. But that's what they did. They did it with Devontae Adams. They did it with Jacoby Myers. You have to do that. You have to account for the extra person in the box to give Jacobs a chance because there's been so many times so far in this first month of the season that we've seen him making cuts in the backfield. And that's off of communication and attitude. That's from that's what you get out of your offensive line, Eddie. Lincoln, I love the fact that Josh Jacobs is getting going in the passing game. It's very important because here's another game coming up with the defensive coordinator is going to have to look at Josh Jacobs not only as a runner, but as an outlet receiver. And if you add in the guys that we're talking about, if Hunter ends up waking up and they get him going, and then all of a sudden, where's Michael Mayer? And he gets going. And then you figure out that Josh Jacobs is not good for eight or 10 targets, but all of a sudden he's getting five receptions every game, mostly on checkdowns, but really running violently after the catch. you got Devontae and Jacoby. You mentioned the star power. That's how Jimmy G can get going. The reason Jimmy G was so good in San Francisco, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, someone was always wide open. And Lincoln, how do you see it in the booth now where Jacobs is not so much a checkdown guy, he's now a weapon that the Raiders can utilize going forward? If you understand this with the receiving core, JT, you understand that Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers are going to force not only safeties to back up, but linebackers to back up. You're going to leave an incredible big void between the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and the to the first line of defense, which is the linebackers, other than the defensive line. There's a big void. And, and in this offense, that's why your slot receiver, why your tight end, and especially your back 
can become vital weapons. Everybody is worried about the deep threat of the deep ball, the 17 and 16, rightfully so. But there is tons of real estate that the real that that guys like Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and even Michael Mayer may have between uh, you know line of scrimmage and linebackers that they can take advantage of. Getting four or five, six yards a chop, you know, puts you up in a position for a manageable second and third down. And that's something I think the Raiders can be the eyeball in looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at, we're looking at uh, Josh's numbers right here, Link, in terms of what we've seen over the past couple weeks. And, and it feels like he's starting to kind of hit his stride. He's starting to kind of be the number eight. I keep wanting to say 28, JT, but he's starting to be the number eight that we've grown so accustomed to seeing. Do you think, a ma- like, really, Link, that this was just a matter of him, you know, for lack of a better term, knocking the rust off, getting his body back in football shape? Or have you seen something schematically over the past couple weeks that's been able to kind of launch him into being a little more productive for this offense? Chemistry is not just made overnight, guys. Chemistry is made in a period where you understand how a running back is going to run an off-tackle sweep or how he's going to run a, a give or a dive in the interior part. You understand his timing, and that comes from just practicing with him, playing with him, seeing those snaps. I've often talked about the rookies and a lot of the struggles that the rookie classes had coming into. They need to learn how it is to play against NFL-caliber talent. Sure. They didn't see it every week in, in college, and I don't care what college they went to. So they have to learn. They're going to take their lumps. You know, what you're hoping is that it's not too far gone to where you can't recover from. And that's the same thing when, when we talk about Josh Jacobs. He's got to get his chemistry with his offensive line. They've got to get things down because, yes, you can go in and say a lot of things that are still intact are still, uh, 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 intact from last year. But the truth of the matter is, JT and Eddie, is that he's got to get the timing with them. They've got to get the timing with him on these plays. And you have to know what you can run well. And it's not just ISO and blast like we took for granted. They've got to do a better job in the screen game. They got to do a better job in the draw game. These are all things that set time, that time sets up. If you're not too far behind the eight ball in an offensive game plan, you can run those plays to keep pace. But if you find yourself fall, falling down a lot early, you have to change up your game plan. Well, let's give Patrick Graham some credit here for the second half performance in LA. That was a great second half performance. Not good, great. And the Raiders haven't had a lot of greatness this year. They've had four quarters on defense this year in two combined games, the Denver game and the closeout of the Chargers where they got off the field, they deflected balls, they did everything they could to get the ball back to the offense. I'm going to build on that going up against Jordan Love, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields coming up here over the next couple of weeks. The second half, no points for a high-powered offense. They were missing Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, but I look at the 85 total yards. Lincoln, Take me inside your head and in this building. How does Graham use this as a motivating factor for Monday Night Football? Because this is the positive. There's not a lot of positives. Josh Jacobs in the passing game. Devontae's not hurt, doesn't have a serious shoulder injury. Hopefully Jimmy clears protocol. All of that combined. But I'm looking at something here with this second-half defense. What do you see? I think the defense did make some adjustments, but going into this next game against Green Bay, if I'm Patrick Graham, what I'm thinking is I'm focusing on how to take the run game away from Green Bay. I want to make them one-dimensional. Not to say that Jordan, Jordan Love is an inept and they don't have the playmakers on the passing team, but they, to me, they don't have enough passing game finesse that I think that can excel, and I think the Raiders can have a, an advantage if they're able to jump out on the Packers early, especially with scoring t- touchdowns rather than field goals. So, so, JT, my game plan going into this is I want to 
take away the run. I want to negate the run. I want to make them one-dimensional because then I think we have the advantage, not only with our defensive line versus their offensive line, but more importantly, making Jordan Love panic and hold on to the ball a lot more than he should. You know, Link, JT hit the ball at the park where he said, you know, there hasn't been a lot of net positives for this team no. over the first month. But you look at the second half for this defense, 85 yards, one of six on third down. That is winning football. That is the definition of playing winning football. For that defense, Lincoln, who, to be fair, has had their moments of struggle in 2023, how valuable is it, is it for them to come in and say, hey, we can do it. We've seen it now. We don't have to imagine a world of where we can do it, but we have seen the proof. We have watched the tape of what we can be. How important is that for this group now going into Monday night? Well, I call it contribution football, Eddie. I think when the special teams adds to the defense, for example, when you're able to plant them deep in their own uh, territory and force them to use a limited game plan to come out, then it becomes an advantage defense. Mm-hmm. More importantly for this defense, guys, I think what's in what 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 has been seen over the last couple of weeks, which has kind of favored the reason why the scores have been so low, is that the fact that Raiders have done a pretty decent job at winning on first down defensively. And what I mean by that is negating or slowing down the number of stops. You don't give up four or five yards on first down and think that's a that's a, a positive set of downs because you want to put the offense behind the eight ball. You want to make them struggle. You want to force second and third and long because then it becomes advantage defense. So much to your point, Eddie, I think what's going on, especially in the second half of this Charger game, is we saw the Raiders defense winning on first down and forcing the Chargers into second and eight, mm-hmm. you know, third and seven. Those types of situations becomes offense. I mean, uh, defensive uh, generated and then. Then you could turn the pass rush on. Then you have guys like Wilson and 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 Max Crosby have a chance to get back in, back there and sack the quarterback. And uh, Mike Taylor, who's been here thirty five years, MT. let's shout give him MT. a shout out. Thirty five years in the lobby. I, I talked to Mike after the game, and he said Jenkins had a monster game. I know he spotted yeah. for you. And then I went yeah. back and looked at the tape, and I was like, oh wow, you're right. So that's something yeah. to build on because I'm okay with the rotation. But to see Nestor Jade play and our third-round pick, Young, not play, you can tell they're trying to figure out a rotation here that works. So, Lincoln, with all this being said, we get to a pivotal point in the season. For me on radio, and for you, call it, for all of us. I was going to say, hey, let's, let's build it out Every, a little bit. Yeah. Everybody, this is a pivotal point of the season. Everybody is all hands on deck. They've been coached hard. I don't understand these mental mistakes because I know this coach preaches no mental mistakes from where he came from and what he does here. Lincoln, what is the key to a bounce-back win? Because a bounce-back win here takes you one game from being 500, which I think they can do, and get the whole season back on track. What do you expect to see on Monday night? Got to have focus. You got to have focus. First and foremost, as a player, your focus becomes on what's my task at hand. What do I need to do? And as an offensive tackle, if it means I need to shut down the defensive end, that's first and foremost. That's the task on end. I need to shut down the defensive end on my responsibility. Second of all, I need to I need to not have penalties that hurt my team. Any penalty, whether mm-hmm. it's a false start, holding, you know, personal foul, whatever, any penalty will hurt your team. And so you have to have the mindset as a competitor, I'm not going to hurt my team. You know, things that Tillery did, I don't care what happened in the past with the Chargers. You cannot afford to hurt your team like that. Mm-hmm. A bumhead, you know, do the uh, task like he did, hitting him two yards out of out of bounds. You knew he was out of bounds. You cannot afford to do things like that when you're, you know, Long who lined up off sides, yeah. who gave him a first down. You can't do that. These are things that are if you're concentrating and you're focused and you're determined as a professional to do, they should not happen. But when it does happen, you want to try to recover and try to make up for it. In Tillery's case, because he got ejected, he couldn't. 
So they're one short. That's how you hurt your team. You didn't come to that egregious. It's rare that you see disqualifications on the pro level, but you know it's it's something that was warranted, and I definitely agree with the refs. But you cannot afford to hurt your team. So JT, to your answer your question, it's going to take extreme focus in front of a worldwide crowd, a chance for everybody to showcase their talents to show how good they are or not good they are, are not as good as they as we think they are, um, to showcase their ability on the football field. But it takes focus and concentration. You know what I'd like to see too, guys? I'd like yeah. to see the Raiders win the turnover battle. You know, I would like to so see that. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know I'm preaching the choir there, Link. But, you know, Trayvon Mary gets his for the first takeaway of the year for the silver and black. But we need more of those at home, prime time. You need those big moments, JT. You know as well as I do. You need to seize the momentum. Not grab it and reach it and pull it. You need to go and get it. I don't care if it's Max with a strip sack. I don't care if it's Trayvon. I don't care who it is. You need to seize the momentum. And you, this defense needs to put some points on the board for their offense. Yeah, and I'll say this. I'm not calling players out. I would never do that. But I'm encouraging them. And I want to say that there's two players in this game that got to show up. Marcus Peters has dropped two interceptions that were game changers. Dropped them. He's better than that. I love him as a player. When he signed here, I went through the roof. That's the type of guy we need, and he's got to get going. And then Tyree Wilson. Here we go. There's a lot of draft picks here. I love this kid, too. He came off an injury, Lincoln. He worked through the injury. I thought the trainers and the doctors threaded the needle to get him ready for the start of the season, and he's knocking the rust off. But, Lincoln, those are two players that got to show up. It's bright lights. You were amazing on Monday Night Football. You played in big games. Is there a difference, especially when you're a 1-3 team, of playing a home game at 105 or 120 and the difference of Monday night knowing the whole world's watching? I hated Sunday nights. I hated Monday nights because you were left waiting all day long to play. And when you're on Monday night, it's even worse because you go through the whole weekend of football. Now, let's put this in perspective, guys, because we've seen how much football has grown. You start from the Thursday night pro game, right? Then you have Friday night lights, and depending on your involvement, it's probably going to see a high school game or being around mm -hmm. high school. I have high school kids, so I have to do high school games. Saturday, you have college football. You usually have a full day of college football. You'll have some college games on Friday. Sunday, you have your entire pro day, including Sunday night football. So if you're a team that's waiting to play and you're playing on Monday night, you go through that entire weekend of being around the TV, trying to take care of your body, trying to take care of yourself, get off your feet, trying to rest, mm -hmm. all that stuff as you're waiting for football. You imagine going through the entire weekend and then Monday comes around, the world sort of resumes, but oh wait, we got to work tonight. We got a Monday night football game. So we got to wait the entire evening when you're on the West Coast. Yeah. It's not as bad as you're on the East Coast and waiting to eight o'clock, but you know, you're waiting to five o'clock to go out and play a game. The the opportunity is there. And and you know, I say this and because I, I, it's really a feel-good moment. Chester McLaughlin, may you rest in peace. Mm -hmm. He's no longer with us. But I remember Chester in the lock, seeing him in the locker room, and him saying, with, had that wherewithal on his face, oh, it's Sunday night, it's Monday night, it's a national televised game. This is when I'm going to go off because this is when I get my Pro Bowl votes. So <laughs> whatever story. you need to use for motivation, whatever you have to have for motivation, use it. Just don't yeah, hurt your team awesome. and go out there and get a win. And you know Eddie, what I mean? And Eddie, remember this. The Packers have been off since Thursday of last week. Yeah. Very rare that a team that plays on Thursday plays in the latest window the following week. You know, They normally get a Sunday early window game. Yeah. It must be nice to have a second right. bye. But... It, it, it is an actual bye. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it. Coach McDaniels mentioned it in one of the pressers there how he He's going to practice on a certain amount of days this week with the extra day. The Packers are going to be coming in fresh. Lincoln, this is a big one. You treat everyone 
like it's a big one. Every game, every player you Absolutely. see. I uh, wish you were roaming the sidelines for this one before. And maybe, maybe the torch will be lit a little bit brighter. You're always great on the broadcast, but it's important you, that brother. the Raiders get the win. We appreciate you coming on, buddy. All the best. My pleasure, guys. All the best. I'll there talk to you next Lincoln week. Lincoln Kennedy. We needed that. Lincoln is tremendous on this platform. Tremendous at everything he does. But when he comes in here, you just feel like the top comes off. Yeah, and also unrelated. King of the best stories, man. Yeah, he's got. I don't know if I mean I don't know if anyone in this building has got better stories than Link. Link's got the best. Mike Taylor, maybe. Mike Taylor. Shout out to Mike Taylor again. Yeah. And when you walk down these halls and you do it more than I do, when you walk around and see the photos of the big games that Mark Davis has all over this building, it's hard for the players as they're having lunch or they're walking to the film room not to see what's in this building, all on top of you, not only the Lombardis, but the opportunity to play like the greatest players who ever put on these jerseys. And, and you and I have talked about this a bunch, and, and till the day that I'm not here anymore, the one thing that I am so proud of, and I'm proud of a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I think that this organization does such an incredible job of not only coaching up the players about the importance of our history, but coaching up the employees too. Sure. And, and understanding that you and I and everyone mm-hmm. in the control room, every single person in this building, plays a small part in something that is so much bigger in ourselves. It plays a small part in something that has such a storied history. And like I said, credit to Mark Davis, because I think that the education in the best possible way uh, about the history of this place and why it's important is one of the best things that we do. You got to bring it on the field. You got to beat the Green Bay Packers. When we come back, we'll look more at the Packers and we'll look at the AFC West and what happened in the previous week, where the Raiders stand as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable. We thank everyone who subscribes, who shares, and we appreciate you coming back every week. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Eddie Pascal, thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy. I'm JT, and now we look at the AFC West that is getting very interesting now because Kansas City, and I look at the Chargers. The Chargers are 2-2, two and two and they should have been 0-4 potentially. I didn't think Brandon Staley would survive the fourth downs. He did. His team bailed him out, and he deserves it. He's at 2-2, two and two, and then we'll look at the Broncos and what happened in Chicago. But I think the hype around Taylor Swift and Kelsey and Sunday Night Football, I have to mention it. I'd be in the podcast penalty box if I didn't mention Taylor Swift and what happened on Sunday night. And the Kansas City Chiefs end up winning that game, and they played about as poorly as they could possibly play. The one thing that's getting lost in all the, uh, the Swift, Kelsey, will they, won't they, are they in love, are they not, JT? I didn't think Patrick Mahomes looked very good. No, I think I think Zach Wilson, to his credit, I can't believe I'm going to say it, outplayed Patrick Mahomes on primetime. But I mean, look, all all the same. We talk about teams that just find a way to win. The Chiefs just find a way to win. I don't think there's anyone in that locker room that say, "Hey, that was the best version of the Kansas City Chiefs." But give them credit, man. They found a way to add a W to the uh, to the tally board. Yeah, there. all week long, the talk, especially in New York, the number one media market, is the Jets played well and Zach Wilson played well. That's garbage. They lost the game. I'll never go on the radio and say, hey, you played well when you lost. You might have put up a fight, but the Jets are getting a lot of hype because they stood in there and Kansas City had a nice lead and the Jets didn't quit. That's the takeaway. Yeah. The Jets are on the verge of a season that is just going downward, and they put up a fight. Zach Wilson played better, but as you said, Mahomes makes plays at the right time. There were a couple of penalties that went in Kansas City's favor. Yeah, speaking, speaking of penalties, a hold, right? Yeah. A hold where Mahomes ran up the middle for a big gain, and they literally tackled two of the Jets players, but... 
What can you say about Kansas City? They continue to win, and everybody in the West, including the Raiders, are chasing them. Yeah, I mean, until, until they get knocked off the perch, right? They're the big dogs in they the are. yard. And, and for, like we talk about, somehow, some way, this team just finds a way to win. And ultimately, the Raiders are going to have to find a way to be competitive with them. They're going to have to find a way to make life miserable for, Pat, for Patrick Mahomes. But, hey, you know, give credit where credit to do. No one wants to see the Chiefs lose more than me. Yep. No one, because they're, <laughs> trying, they're actually trying to turn them into America's team. There's a lot going on for my other podcast. I'll mention this. The the way that the league is working with Kansas City, Taylor Swift, Kelsey, and all that, you might think I'm nuts, but believe me, there's something bigger going on here. They must be stopped. And the Super Bowl's in Vegas this year. I will say, this is a conversation we should have at some point, JT. Maybe not today, but power ranking your dislike of the division rivals. We won't do it today. We'll do that. We'll save that for another one. Let's go to Denver and Chicago. And this was an interesting game. I actually think this is a monumental win for Denver because if Denver lost this game, forget about it. And Sean Payton needed a win badly. The owner came into the locker room afterwards with the game ball. And Fields was playing decent, as we see this in the beginning. And look at these throws. If you're watching it, we're talking about guys that are wide open by 10 yards in either direction. I thought the route was on. I thought this is going to be Chicago's home game, wake-up call here. As we're looking, Fields rolling out outside, is able to stop and pop and throw a touchdown. The crowd was into it. And then give the Broncos credit, they came storming back. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it felt like at some point Mm -hmm. that the Broncos or Russ, they were going to kind of turn into the versions of themselves that we expected to see Mm -hmm. in 2023. And we saw it. We talk about how the uh, the Jets didn't give up on Sunday night. Well, hey, this Sean Payton-led team didn't give up either. And and again, credit where it's due for going on the road, for withstanding the best punch that the Bears probably have in their arsenal. And they came and the the Broncos flew back west with a win. Yeah, look at that gorgeous weather. Sun, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Mm -hmm. Let's hope the Raiders get that yeah. in three weeks there and they get conditions like that. But this is a team that you got to beat. The Raiders play the Broncos twice. They play the Chicago Bears. I'm going to get to the Giants in a moment. And the Giants, what happened on Monday Night Football was incredible. The Raiders also play the Jets. So there's a lot of teams that are down here. But I give Denver credit. I knew they were going to win games. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games this year as Sean Payton tries to put it together. But that was a game, 31-28. to If they got back on the plane and went to Denver – the media market there would have just ate them alive. So they had to win a game. No one's going to remember the score six, seven weeks from now if the Broncos find their footing. Yeah, and I think that what's important about this game for the Broncos, JT, is that I think it gives Sean Payton his okay moment, right? Like, yeah. we can do it, guys. You know, you dig, you dug yourselves a hole, but this team, this group of 53, we dug ourselves out. So obviously, uh, I'm not hoping for a lot of Broncos Ws along the nope. way, but all the same, I mean, if you're Sean Payton, that's your moment to say, hey guys, this is now the start of 2023 for us. Let me put this into perspective with everybody. I know everybody's hot and everybody's upset with the 1-3 and three start, rightfully so. The Giants played on Monday Night Football and got beat so badly, they've given up 64 points and scored three in two home games. Okay, the Raiders had one home game, and both teams, the Giants and the Raiders, have played Sunday night and Monday night. Identical. Raiders played Sunday night, lost to Pittsburgh. They get Monday night. The Raiders haven't been outscored, and they won't 64-3. to So as we're living in this bubble, and I know fans are really aggravated and want to win, in New York— The coach of the year was on the podium last night getting grilled. Robert Sala with the Jets. He had Aaron Rodgers. The New York story is so big nationally. Then you look at Sean Payton, a Super Bowl coach with one win. So we look at the Raiders and bring it back. There should be a lot of aggravation on why the team isn't 2-2. and But the window is there. I'm going down with this, Eddie. I think the window is here right now as we sit here on this edition of Roundtable. Everybody's got to look at themselves 
in this organization, especially the players, and say enough. We have to play a good game in front of our home fans, our home fans on Monday night, put out a better product and get a win going. I think one victory at home at Monday night, and Belichick will get the the intention of this yeah. entire organization, it could give the Raiders a foundation to turn the season around. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I think it has to start with one, though. It has, it has to, to start yeah. with one on Monday night. And, and as much as you and I would love to go through schedules and go, win, win, yeah. we're going to go on a little run here, it has to start with one on Monday night. The Raiders have to play a cleaner brand of football. They have to play a smarter brand of football. They have to play a more disciplined brand of football. And your playmakers got to go out and be playmakers. Devontae Adams has had a phenomenal start to 2023. Phenomenal start. Devontae's got to keep eating. We're now seeing the version of Josh Jacobs that we expected to see earlier in this season. Get him the rock. Absolutely. Max Crosby is Max Crosby. I don't care if it's the middle of June or mm-hmm. you know on the Super Bowl. He is Max Crosby. So let your playmakers go out there and set the tone in front of this home crowd. All eyes of the NFL world are going to be on Allegiant Stadium. Go do your thing. Well, we saw Devontae catch a bomb from Jimmy to give the lead at Sunday night football. they got to sustain that, and yeah. I think the Raiders will be able to do that. Let's take a look at the road ahead. These are the next four games. Green Bay, Monday night, short week, New England, 1-3, and three, coming off the worst loss in Bill Belichick's That's career. Crazy, yeah. I expect them to bounce back. The Bears are 0-4, and then the Raiders, hopefully in the hunt with winning a few games and some momentum, will go in and take on Detroit. Detroit's 3-1, and one, and Detroit's really good, and that's home Monday night. They don't get many of those. No. Yeah, in your lifetime. You're yeah. younger than, they don't have many in your lifetime where Detroit is there on Monday Night Football. So, Eddie, this is the moment when the schedule came out in the offseason. We all did this. I looked at this portion of the schedule and said, whatever the Raiders' record is, this is where they got to go eat, as you just said about Devontae. Go take care of these first four games, but none of it matters if you can't get going at home on Monday night. Got to start on Monday night. Got to start there. And I think what's at least encouraging for me, JT, and we know we talked about it with Lincoln, we've talked about it through the show today, is that we have seen the glimpses of what it can be. We, have. we see the second half for this defense. Mm-hmm. And I have been, uh, you know, one of the things I've been waiting for is when is this defense, for lack of a better term, going to catch up? When is this defense going to say, hey, it's not just Max Crosby and 10 other guys? And I think we saw that for 30 minutes in Los Angeles. How do they roll that momentum into a huge game on Monday night? Take advantage uh, of what Jordan Love is going to give them. Be physical, be disciplined, be smart, and, and take care of business on, uh, on a very, very important Monday for this team. For Eddie Pascal, I'm JT. Thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy. We'll see you next week on Raiders Roundtable.